Hey there, this is Laura. I wanted to pop in to give you an update. This episode was recorded prior to our rebranding. What was once the Read It With Whiskey podcast is now work in progress, the Laura J Live podcast. This episode reflects that traditional Read It With Whiskey format and may have information and content that has since expired or changed. Please visit laurajlive.com for more information. Enjoy the episode. Are you an author who has always dreamed of turning their book into an audiobook? Quixotic Bell Media is the audiobook podcast production company for you. They specialize in helping authors turn their books into an episodic audiobook podcast, releasing one to three chapters of their book each week. The episodic format will pull in new readers, help you grow your author brand and business, and QBM even offers help with audiobook launch strategies and monetizing your podcast. With Quixotic Bell Media, you record the audio and let them do the rest. You can finally start your podcast and audiobook without raising a finger to the logistics or time-intensive tasks. This means you'll be able to get back to what's important in your author business, your writing. So if you're interested in working with QBM, visit www.quixoticbellmedia.com for more information. Hello and welcome to another episode of Read It With Whiskey. My name is Laura Gentinen and I am your host. And today we are going to be talking to Natalie Nesenzi. Natalie is a copywriter, poet, and author from Rhode Island. She moved to the city in 2017 to New York to pursue her career in advertising. After a dramatic weight loss transformation of over 85 pounds and a journey through anxiety, depression, and loss of self, Natalie found herself again through words. Since then, she made an impression on New York City's open mic community, and her works have been featured across the world in anthologies and independent publications. From her first book, Out of Chaos, Chaos to now, Natalie has spread her message of hope and transformation, and she's excited to continue the journey with readers through the aftermath of unrest. Today, we have quite the conversation for you, and I will let you know, halfway through the interview, we lost connection on Zoom and we nearly lost everything, (laughs) but it was saved. We were able to finish our conversation and finish the thoughts that we had had. So there might be a little blip in there where it sounds like everything gets cut off a little bit, um, but we picked up right away and finished out the interview um, and got all of what we needed to talk to into the recording. So this this episode is great. There's a lot of content that is within Natalie's book, The Aftermath of Unrest, and it is a very meaty book, and it's not only poetry. It's a memoir of sorts. It is so much more than poetry, and I was so excited to have her here on the podcast. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. Welcome to Read It With Whiskey, an interview podcast highlighting self-published authors. I am your host, Laura Gentinen. The purpose behind this podcast is to help authors grow their audience while also introducing readers to their new favorite authors. Let's get to know the person behind the page. Sit back, sip some whiskey, and lean in to these self-published authors. And this would not be Read It With Whiskey without a little Laura J Live update. So it is, as of the day of this episode publication, 
It is April 27th, 2021, and we are nearing the end of Camp Nano. So Camp NaNoWriMo, if you um, forgot or hadn't listened to the pre- um, previous episodes, I believe when um, I interviewed Don, we talked a little bit more about Camp NaNoWriMo in the details. So go ahead and listen to episode 14 for more information. Um, but for my own progress with Camp Nano, I am not where I need to be, <laughs> but I am not going to punish myself. I'm not going to get too hung up on it. I definitely give more details about where I am in the process on Instagram. So go ahead, follow me there at Laura J Live. And in other news, um, we still have our patrons who are helping me out so much and I really just dedicate every single episode to them because my patrons help me so much. So if you don't know what Patreon is, Patreon is a site where you can help artists or anybody who is doing their own business or working on some kind of project, you can help them financially um, just by a few dollars a month. It's nothing crazy. But basically I have three tiers on my Patreon account where you can do various different things within the account um, depending on what um, what tier you are sitting on. So we have the listener, listener plus, and the viewer. And the viewer is the only tier that can actually watch these recordings. Uh, whenever I do these interviews, I do them via Zoom and I record everything through audio and video. And all of that video content is given to you in Patreon. So all of the the mess ups and the, the extra ums and things like that, it's all caught on video. You can't really hide that. Um, there are a few exceptions where I've had to take a few things out because we talk about spoilers within the book. And so I do cut out that from both the audio and the video because I want you to read the book. I don't wanna spoil it for you within this podcast. So the video content goes up Um, approximately a month after the audio version goes up. So once you listen, you can go into Patreon and most likely those episodes video content is already going to be up in Patreon. So if you're interested in watching the interviews and um, seeing the funny facial expressions that we make and when we have awkward pauses, that kind of stuff, all of that behind the scenes information, uh, definitely go over to Patreon. So you can go to www.patreon.com slash readitwithwhiskey. And like I said, there's three tiers. The viewer tier is the top tier, and then there's the listener. You're going to get extra um, extra notice on episodes. You're going to be able to hear them before everybody else. The listener plus gets bonus episodes where I talk about the books I read every month, um, behind-the-scenes indie author information, and that type of um, more video con- or audio content. And then the viewer is where you get all of the video content and extra photos and things like that. So if you're interested, definitely go check it out. The link is in the show notes. And if you have any kind of questions, go ahead and message me on Instagram or you can email me. All of that information again is in the show notes. Now let's get into this episode with Natalie. Welcome to Read It With Whiskey. How are you today? I'm good. I'm happy to be here. I am so excited to have you. You are actually my second poet on the show, but your book, it's not simply poetry. It's like a type of memoir, and we're going to get into all of that kind of stuff. But first of all, I would just love for you to tell our listeners, why did you start writing? How did that transpire? I started writing when I was really young, um, but poetry specifically I didn't really find until a few years ago Um, I was just going through a lot of things mentally and I I found a release through words um, 
so (laughs) (laughs) I never know how to describe this story because there's so much that goes into just how I became a writer um how that kind of flowed into being a poet um it's it's been a long journey but that's what the books are about really it's about how I kind of found poetry again yeah for sure and it's it's definitely a very interesting story and we'll get into that so you actually have two books published now so out of chaos was published in march 2020 and that's actually traditionally published correct yes okay so go ahead tell the listeners i haven't read out of chaos so tell me and tell our listeners what is out of chaos about out of chaos is about um just anxiety and depression and transformation as a whole um it was my personal journey through through finding myself again. Um, I had lost sight of who I was, both physically and emotionally. Um, so it was all about being able to face myself again, look in the mirror, recognize the person that I saw. That sounds in it a sounds nutshell. Good. <laughs> yeah, um, it's very dark, but you know, it it speaks to like we all go through something and we all face challenges, uh, and mm-hmm. then you find something that that can help you through it, which for me was, was writing. Yeah. And I, well, I read the aftermath of unrest, which is the second book that you have written. And that was published in November, 2020. And I'm going to have to go back and read out of chaos because I mean, you don't have to read both of them together, but in the aftermath of unrest, there were a lot of um, like, Oh, back and out of chaos. And even in the beginning, you say we're continuing on from that book. And so it, it really, spoke to me and I'm going to have to go back and actually read (laughs) the original one. Yeah. The thought behind that, honestly, was, um, I, I mean, you'll see throughout the reading and the writing, um, I do a lot of overarching themes that connect back to each other. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to kind of subtly speak to how everything in life is connected. Um, so everything comes full circle, everything you experience, every person you meet at some point, what you take away from that's going to come back again. So I wanted to do that with my books. Um, so that's why it kind of jumps between the two, but. No, I love that. I yeah. think that's really, really cool how you were able to do that and make the connection points. And that's like a whole theme within the aftermath of unrest are those connection points. And we'll get into that. Um, so what was it that made you want to self-publish the aftermath of unrest versus doing traditionally publishing again? I had uh, a vision that I wanted to see through. I know when you work with other people or you pursue um, traditional publishing, a lot of that creative freedom gets taken away. Um, not only that, but I felt really strongly like I needed to get it out. Um, I needed to finish what I had started with Out of Chaos. Um, and I mean, you've read it, so you you know how mm-hmm. very interestingly laid out it is. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of things you can go back to and figure out. I did a, did a very Easter egg um, Da Vinci code kind of thing. <laughs> so I, I wanted something unique and something nobody's ever really experienced in a book before. And I knew I wouldn't be able to do that if I had pursued, you know, traditional publishing. Right. Yeah. You have a lot more artistic freedoms when you're doing your mm-hmm. own self-publishing and you can design, design the format and all of that kind of stuff as you wish. And, and we're, I'm going to ask you about that in a little bit too. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this just published in November. Are you working on any current projects? And I mean, you're writing all the time. If people follow you on Instagram, they know that you're still speaking poetry and working on things, but are you working on another book right now? Is that in the future? 
that it kind of I've got a lot of projects running simultaneously all book related um but I'm gonna take my time (laughs) with all of these things I was really I ran fast and full speed ahead with both of the two that came before so now it's these projects are more um to make a difference you know um yeah I'm gonna leave it at that Take Never a little speak bit too much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't give it away yet. Okay. I'm, I'm excited to see more that comes from you because I was really intrigued by the aftermath of unrest and I read a lot of it really, really fast, but then mm-hmm. I caught on to some of the things, like you said, the Easter eggs. So I like went back and I was trying to find, um, different things that I hadn't seen before. And yeah, I definitely read like the whole roses section, I just like devoured it because I was like oh my gosh this is so entertaining this is so cool how <laughs> all these connections were made and yeah it was just really really cool um but before we go back into like the actual connection points in the book I wanted to ask with your writing style you're a poet so uh, something that you wrote before we started this interview here was that you stop drop and write <laughs> yes a consistent um pattern for you in your process so I'm curious has that ever gotten you into trouble or into weird or awkward situations where you're just like, I got to start writing? <laughs> Tell us. Uh, yes, all the time. Um, a lot of people close to me or that know me now understand that. Um, but yeah, I will be in a mid conversation and I'm like, all right, I'm sorry, I got to go. I, I, or I, I hang up the phone very quickly. I'm just like, okay, bye. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always return to the person and say, you know, I'm sorry. I, I'm in writing mode. Um, now I have code words, like my roommate and I call it Hulk mode because I just like <laughs> completely um, shut off. But I mean, I don't, I, ha- I don't have any specific situations I can think of, but it, it's just all the time. I yeah. feel bad, but. How about when it comes to work? Because tell us what you do for a living and then, yeah, tell us if writing has ever gotten in the way of, of you being productive at work. <laughs> So I'm a pharmaceutical copywriter. So I write about uh, drugs and um, healthcare all day long. Um, But interestingly enough, the beautiful thing is that I'm able to use my poetic side with um, my drug writing. So (laughs) because it's creative and I'm, um, well, let me back that up. My company is very passionate about, you know, the putting the patient first and helping Mm -hmm. people. Um, So I get to make these really ugly medical things sound kind of beautiful. Um, and I get to write in a way that connects with patients and understands their journey with whatever illness they're going through. So the two kind of like melt and mix and meet in the middle. Um, and it's, it's cool. So never during work does that happen. Cause I kind of can work both yeah. sides. That's cool. How did you, how yeah. did you get into that line of work? Um, well, I, I wanted to work in advertising, um, and I wanted to do strategy, but I was actually rapping in class one day and somebody <laughs> said, you can rap. Can you write, look up copywriting? And I was like, okay. And then it kind of just, I went into it and that's yeah, how it clicked. Yeah. 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 I feel like a lot of people who are writers do things in advertising or copywriting um, for other people. And it actually does help their, their creativity because they have to use their own words to do something Mm -hmm. that they're not used to. And it kind of tricks the brain. I've heard a lot of people do that. Even when they're trying to write or create themselves, they'll like take a theme or a topic that they're not comfortable writing about. And it helps their brain, like think of new avenues for future work. 
Mm -hmm. Um, So I think you having that job is probably actually good. (laughs) It probably helps. (laughs) So cool. Okay. Yeah, no, it's fun. Okay. And so I, I wanted to touch on, okay, we're going to dive into the book now because there's just a few things where I'm just like in awe and we need to talk about them. First of all, (laughs) you wrote this in quarantine and you're in New York. And so one of my favorite pieces, um, it's not even, I mean, I loved all of it, but the thing that like stood out to me first out of everything was it's actually in a reflection piece. Um, so it's not in an actual poem, but it's about New York city. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to read it real quick for the listeners. Okay. New York city is electrifying, unexpected and spontaneously chaotic in the most wonderful way. It's a blur of people, places, and things all happening at once. New York city is alive. It's the city that never sleeps until it does. Mm-hmm. And then you dove into how quarantine has completely changed how New York is perceived and how it looks. Mm-hmm. So tell us about that. Tell us how it was for you for quarantine and mm-hmm. like that transformation that you saw. Yeah. So at first, the, the day I left my office, um, it was kind of like nobody believed that we weren't going to go back that Monday. And then when everything started to shut down, basically overnight, my roommate and I were like, okay, uh, we're going to stay. Like, we're going we're gonna to do it. That day that we decided to stay into the next morning, it was like a complete switch had been, a switch had been flipped, utter silence. And I have to like pause because it's giving me chills to even Mm -hmm. think back to that. You walk outside and there's people everywhere, right? There's noise, there's cars honking, there's street vendors, there's the the rumble of the subway beneath your feet. There's all these things. And then all of a sudden it's just like someone went Mm -hmm. and sucked the life out of everything. I I can't even like, that's why (laughs) I had to put it into words. Um, Mm -hmm. So, so that, that week I had gone to Park Avenue, which is, I describe in the book um, a lot. Park Avenue is a special place. We'll get into that later, but um, it's, it's this street that's so busy. And then, and then it's just silent. I have a hard time describing it. See, I can write it mm-hmm. so well, but it's so hard to get into. It's just indescribable. It's, it's that this is exactly it. You know what? Yeah. This is so you, it is leaves you speechless. This is the feeling it was. And the thing is, is New York, the energy of it, that spontaneity, mm-hmm. the spontaneity I talked about, now you're feeling sadness. Right. You felt the silence. Like if silence could be a feeling, that was New York City. Mm-hmm. If loneliness could touch you, that was New York City. It was like fear and, and, and sadness was looming in the air. Nobody knew. Uncertainty was like your next door neighbor. And it was like, silence chilling I don't know yeah Um, when I was reading that I felt because I well I live in I moved from Florida to Indiana when quarantine hit and so I was in a very busy place but I left before it really shut down and Florida didn't really shut down as much as everywhere else so Mm -hmm. I was already in a small town and so it really didn't shut down as much as the bigger cities had to and so when I was reading all this it kind of dawned on me that I hadn't thought about like what those larger cities look like during Mm -hmm. quarantine. And I'm a fantasy sci-fi author. And so the first thing I thought of was like post-apocalyptic and like, this is what would be at the end of the world. And that's Mm -hmm. kind of what it sounded like it felt like. It's like, is anyone out there? Am I alone? 
it it was scary it sounded just terrifying honestly <laughs> I think I I did touch upon this in the book it was like um walking down the street was a totally different kind of walk mm -hmm. um you were with yourself and the buildings and that was it also like never in my life have I been afraid to walk in New York City um you know at all hours of the night it was safe but unsafe because there was always people around mm -hmm. now it's like eight o'clock at night during quarantine and you step outside and you don't know what's around you or who's lurking in the dark and right. there was just I had walked to Times Square um maybe the week after everything shut down and Times Square completely empty was was like I I was at a loss for words mm -hmm. Um, there was one to two photographers just like walking around, but other than that, just the lights, mm -hmm. it was almost beautiful in a way. Yeah. It sounds twisted. Mm -hmm. Um, because it was something you would never see again. Um, yeah, it's a once in a lifetime yeah. opportunity and it's not, and it's the city that never sleeps. So when it slept, not many people were there to witness it. And yeah. it's just incredible to think about. And so now moving forward, does that, obviously it's not to that extent, but is there still a lot of people who are in quarantine or is it, is the city coming back alive at this point? So something beautiful came out of this silence and this staying inside was that the people within their communities that were close. So people in apartment buildings, people who lived on the same street their whole life, when we could come out, started seeing each other. Mm -hmm. So the neighborhoods in New York became this like little like, hey, how you doing? Hi, how's it going? How, like, are you doing okay? And and um, it was not fast anymore. Uh, mm -hmm. It wasn't like you do, you go, you walk past the people you meet. So as it slowly became, you know, started coming back alive, um, which it is, it's slowly but surely. Um, my neighborhood's been back since, I don't know, June maybe right um but yeah it's a different New York now it's a little mm -hmm. friendlier um it's a little slower and I think that's a good thing yeah it sounds I like think it's... the new New York yeah, is gonna it... be a, a a different world but it's nice yeah it sounds like it has more of a small town feel to it because that's how the small town feel is like you mm -hmm. go outside and you know all the people that you see <laughs> so yeah for New Yorkers to experience that type of community it is it's like a gift that mm -hmm. came out of something that was so dark okay so I'm glad we touched on that so next up I told you my favorite part within your book was that just that whole vision of what quarantine did and you elaborated through it and throughout the stories of the connection points and everything. So what was your favorite part um, or parts? Cause I mean, I don't know that you can really narrow it down, but besides like the main connection points, cause we're going to hit those, but mm -hmm. what was your, your favorite part that you wrote within this book? If it be a poetry or a story piece. My favorite part in this book is honestly the ending mm -hmm. because for me, it's like, um, like we were talking about before, full circle moments and mm -hmm. seeing how things can come together. Um, and I was just like, you know what? This is a perfect like thing um, <laughs> way to end. It, it just writing that last chapter. Um, actually, the painting's right there on the wall behind me. Mm -hmm. um, uh, writing that last chapter was was really really um, everything for me because uh, from losing my from looking in the mirror and losing myself 
a year and a half prior mm -hmm. to being able to, you know, I mean, I don't want to give it away and right. into it, but <laughs> being able to end it the way I did and, and have that full transformation, um, just was everything to me. Yeah. Like I, you should have, I, I wish someone filmed me because I was on my roof, like, <laughs> this is a beautiful moment. <laughs> So, oh, I love it. Yeah. I know. I feel like a lot of <laughs> authors go through that where like there's that connection or that little moment of clarity where you're like, okay, I just completed this and it's full mm -hmm. circle. And now I feel complete where before you felt like something was missing or there was some empty piece. And now the, the whole book is complete. And it's, mm -hmm. I mean, I think, I mean, I cried when I finished my book, I'm sitting there in a Starbucks in Barnes and Noble, my first book back in 2019. And I'm just like bawling my eyes out. And the lady comes up to me. She's like, are you okay? I'm like, I am so great. I am like perfect right now. <laughs> like it's special memory. No, but you know what? The, the thing is, is um, this book is crazy. Uh, because oh, yeah. of all the things that happen. And so I'm, ba I'm battling, not battling. I would say I'm riding this wave of like, wow, this is a great transformation. But also like, am I crazy? Like, did I go crazy? <laughs> like, am I right in the head? So throughout this story, I'm contacting scientists i'm mm -hmm. contacting psychologists i'm talking to people who think logically i'm talking to people who don't think it like i'm like let me tell you this story what do you think am i crazy should i write it i'm gonna write it anyway right. um so that when i finally did write that last chapter i was like no this is not this is a beautiful thing so i was i always have to remind myself that uh yeah yeah and it's, <laughs> i'm so glad you told the story because it's it's incredible yeah. so let's touch on these three signs that you talk about throughout the book that mm -hmm. play underlying themes. Um, so go ahead, tell our listeners, what are these three signs that you had? And um, if you want to tell a little bit about each of them without giving away everything. <laughs> All right. The three signs are architecture, roses, and coffee shops. So the architecture thing has followed me throughout my entire life. Actually, before we get into this, I want to say, um, so, signs are, are, are how, what you make of them. It's what you believe. Um, they can be like something you perceive personally, or if you believe there's a higher power sending you them, you know, they're open for everyone. Um, but anyway, so for me, architecture, um, every time a pivotal moment in my life happened, I would come in contact with an architect or something architecture related, uh, which I do touch on some specific things throughout the book to kind of like set the stage for that story. Um, but not like I'm looking for it. It's like, I'm sitting there looking out at the ocean, making a life decision. And a person sits down next to me and they're like talking to me and they're like, I'm an architect. And I'm like, all right, well, looks like the decision. <laughs> so that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, the roses is, oh, whew. The That's a deep one. <laughs> because you know, I I didn't mean for that connection to even happen. Mm -hmm. Um but as it was happening and I was I, I was coming in contact with roses and I was writing it and I was like, wow, this is incredible how they actually are showing up in all of these random instances and just like it's it's it would blow my mind like I can't even speak about it because I give it away with like the right how right. they come in well there's because um, there's so many different things that came about with roses and yeah. I think the biggest overarching concept is that 
you were able to trust the signs and and move through them and okay. use them to like be somewhat oh what's the word i'm looking for just like confirmation that you're doing the right thing and okay. i think that's what kind of blew me away the most with the whole roses piece is because like even you were arguing with yourself like is this what i'm supposed to be following and then you would see another rose and you'd be like okay yes this is what i'm supposed to be doing i think okay. that's the biggest thing i got away from that specific section about the roses i mean then you learn about all the other stuff but um it's just <laughs> oh, it's so intertwining and i feel like everybody's just going to have to like really read the book in order to understand what we're talking about because it's something that you can't put into words very mm -hmm. quickly because it's such a big concept if that makes sense no yeah you're totally right which is why um i struggle so so much to speak about it and to kind of tell it because i'm like you know what i i, I read it it's yeah. one of those things so um I like what you said that you caught on to that because like I was writing this as it was happening. Mm -hmm. So these signs, um, it's not like I had the time to like sit and be like, when am I going to see my next rose? It was literally real time. Mm -hmm. Um, as I'm walking down the street and, and I, and I encounter something that has to do with it. Um, I think what got me and I'll give it away is the final one <laughs> where I walked into my friend's apartment and I, I, all right. So she's from England or uh, I forget where, but mm -hmm. not here. I'd never been to her home COVID. She's like, Natalie, come over, come see my place. I'm like, okay. When I walked in her home, it was like out of a horror movie where you, where the person was like, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> I looked around roses on the curtains, roses on the floor, a rose rug, roses on the table, roses, roses, roses. And she had no idea I was writing this book and what was right. happening to me. So I'm standing in the back of the room like I had just gotten hit by something. I'm like, <laughs> and she's like, what's wrong? I go, sit down. I got, I, I got a story I'm for not, you. <laughs> I'm like, your home just destroyed, not destroyed, your home just like sent me over the edge. Like, yeah because it was just incredible. I was like, wow, if the sign of all signs is walking in. Mm -hmm. Ugh, I feel like I was getting goosebumps throughout that whole section. Just incredible. And signs are, it's intertwined throughout the entire book. It's from yeah. the very beginning all the way through to the end. And like I said, I was like, I think I have to go back and read a few things because I think I remember seeing these signs before I knew I was supposed to be looking for them within the book. And mm -hmm. so it's, it's just so intertwined and I love it. And um, something I also wanted to touch on was the um, the artwork that you had because art artists in general had a very big impact on you getting your book out. And so, right. the, um, what was the artist's name who did all the paintings? Um, his name is Grant. Yes, Grant. Grant, Grant McGrath. McGrath. And I was very intrigued with um, how his art style had because of the three signs the coffee shops architecture rose he has a very mm -hmm. architectural type of artistry painting and like with the hard lines and everything and like it's just incredible i love that you put all of these in mm -hmm. and then seeing them i was like oh architecture okay so i don't even know if that was intentional but his type of artistry of painting is a type of architecture like looking so here's the <laughs> crazy thing <laughs> So this is the crazy thing. Um, I had never shared my poetry with a single soul mm -hmm. in my whole life. Um, I met him at work and we just kind of like hit it off. I was like, oh, I saw your artwork. I think it's awesome. Um, 
And then I ended up reading him my poems one night and he was like, you need to keep writing. Um, come to find out his art was inspired by architecture. So when he told me that, I knew that meeting him would be like, it was important. It, it was supposed to be a part of this journey because he had kind of explained to me um, this whole realm of like the art world and sharing your work. And that was what catapults catapulted me into writing out of chaos in the first place mm -hmm. so then when this whole thing happened and we found that like everything he was painting was matching my writing it was just like we had to combine them and then you know right. it wove in with with everything I was writing and the crazy culmination of signs and that we were supposed to work together and it was part of my poetry thing was just it insane was it was like divine timing meets mm -hmm. like a type of unknown manifestation. Like the universe mm -hmm. knew that you had to make all these different connections and yeah, it just blew me away. So the artwork was just incredible. And I'm, I'm glad that you chose to put that in and even the, um, the cover and that's the painting that you have on your wall is just mm -hmm. amazing. And that whole process you outline in the book of like, how it was done and what you were feeling in that moment and I want people to read the book so we're not going to tell them about it because yeah, um, yeah. I want them to to read it themselves and then something else I wanted to point out within your book is the formatting and I think that's something that you said you wanted to have that creative license and in traditional mm -hmm. publishing you might not have been able to but the formatting of not only some of the poems but like the section breaks and like the lines at the top of the page and how the words are like moving up or down. Mm -hmm. Was that something that you knew had to be in the book or did it kind of transpire on its own? And did you do that on your own or did you have a person do the formatting for you? So I let it kind of come together as I was writing it, but my art partner at work. Um, so when you're a copywriter, you have an art person. Uh, she helped me learn the program and helped me with some of the design elements, but for the most part, I was like, kind of like, all right, we're going to have to guide them through the book. How do we do that in Arrow? Yeah. And she was like, all right, use this one. Um, and then when it came to like the, the words and how they sat on the page, we would look at it and kind of calculate, like, how can this read in the best way? Mm -hmm. um, when it comes to the way I write like <laughs> paragraphs, it's really weird and it's not traditional because I break them up. Um, mm -hmm. But the thought behind that is like, I want someone to be able to open the book at any moment and whatever their eyes go to, like, that's what you're going to read. Like that section, if it jumps out to you, cool, read it. Um, so it was the thought of like being able to open it at any moment and, and kind of get something every time. Yeah. Instead of like you open the book and it's this huge paragraph in front of you and you're like, um, <laughs> like where, where did that come from? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> where do I go? And I, I definitely felt that because there were moments where, I had to put the book down and then had to pick it up later on. And mm -hmm. it was broken up in a way where there was those, there were those designated breaking points that were mm -hmm. often enough to where I still remembered what was going on and where I was going with the book. And it, it never got overwhelming. Like a big chapter book, you have to read the entire chapter before you can right. stop reading. And it's hard to remember, but I really liked how you formatted all of that. So it's like um, every time, if you choose to read it more than once, whatever it may be, um, you'll find a different theme in it every time. Mm -hmm. And if you read the Aftermath of Unrest before you read Out of Chaos, um, Out of Chaos is going to be like a whole different experience because mm -hmm. everything's going to make sense in a different way. You're going to be like, right. oh, oh, oh. So I wanted it to be like a ev never-ending treasure hunt. 
for whoever yeah. reads either or. Um, which and is, I feel, I feel like it is, I feel like yeah. they're like, even like I said, I feel like I have to go back through and then I'm going to go back and read out of chaos too. And I feel like this, the story is about life connections, manifestation, like love mm -hmm. the universe kind of stuff. So what is the major takeaway that you want your reader to have? If there was like one major thing that they could take away from the book? I mean, there's a lot, but I think the number one thing is no matter what you go through, uh, no matter where you are, what life throws at you, anything, you just have to kind of trust yourself, um, trust, trust the process of everything, um, trust what you believe in. Uh, and, and really anything is possible. Like it truly, I, I even write about that in the mm -hmm. book. I it's like all those cheesy quotes you hear, if you believe it can happen or if it's meant to be, it will be like, that's all so true. Um, and I think we find ourselves in, in really dark places, whether it be through, you know, reality, which is, you know, or, or your mental health. Um, and what can pull you out of that is the hope that um, you just, you can do it. You know, mm -hmm. there's something waiting for you if you just continue to, um, to go towards your goal or your dream. So I love that. That's beautiful. That's a big takeaway. It's beautiful. And I wish we had more time to talk about everything, but I think if we talked in more depth on anything, then the person would know everything. <laughs> so, That's the problem. You can't, I know. Like, it's very like, we'll give it away. Um, I mean, I, yeah. I, I did one thing and this guy was like, can you tell me about the statue at the end? And I was like, well, you're going to have to sit here for like an hour and a half and let right. me tell you the story. Cause um, it's so intertwined, but I mm -hmm. think people can go and read it on their own and, um, and they'll, they'll be able to understand a little bit more. And I think what we've given them is enough to know that they're really going to be intrigued. <laughs> yeah. I do want to tell you one story though, whether or not I'm so at the end of it all, and this didn't make it in the book, unfortunately, I wish it did, but I'm going to put it out here. Um, I'm holding my book in the coffee shop that I wrote it at. I, I wrote a whole dedication to them in the back. Um, it's called Grades of Craft. It's on the, the end of my street. I'm holding the book and I find out that the dad of the owner of the coffee shop is an architect. His mom's name is Rose. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and I'm standing in the coffee shop in that moment and I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. It was like another thing. And I, I, I sat with that and was like, all right, I guess I was meant to write it, meant to write it here, meant to put, put it in. So. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> Isn't that so like, I was I'm like, like blown Whoa. away, but I'm so glad you told me the story because that it was just like, what are the odds that all of that would happen after the fact? So now if you're going to write another book, are you going to put that into it and be like, oh, by the way. Oh my gosh. So it like after everything, um, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen next. It's like so many more incredible things followed after I wrote this book. Mm -hmm. So all of the roses that stopped, um, all of the things I was following, but then just the people I, I had bumped into and, and everything unfolding after I completed it was just also mind blowing in its own way. So, um, mm -hmm. I'm going to let it unfold. Yeah. Just let it, let it lay where it lands. Yeah. <laughs> I had ended up meeting, um, a historian. Like, so I was able to 
actually get the whole history of, of you know, the, the statue that I found that kind of brought everything together mm-hmm. um, immediately after. And he like explained to me um, just in depth like her wow. story and everything. And I was like, okay, I was just sitting down and, and a man walked up and he ended up being the the one historian in New York City I needed to meet. Like, oh my gosh, meant yeah. to be. And in the middle of a quarantine when, or post quarantine now, like when this epidemic is still going on, where like, what are the odds? <laughs> what are the odds? That it just doesn't make any sense. Um, and I, I, I tell you, like, I would be on these missions, just like walking around writing and like, it, it came together in a way that I never expected or could have imagined, but mm-hmm. I wrote it. Some people <laughs> might think I'm crazy. I mean, <laughs> no, I don't think you're crazy. I think it was perfect. Like, Oh, you wrote a book. Can I read it? I was like, yeah, but like, be ready for like <laughs> mental stuff. There's yep. like signs, there's this and that. And the other thing. And they're like, okay. Like what? I'm confused. It was funny. Cause I watched your Instagram stories about this book and you had a little video and you're like okay if you're gonna read this book have an open mind just be ready (laughs) just just don't don't be scared and (laughs) I was like oh my gosh yes but I think once people jump in they can understand it by the end they'll understand why you had said that kind of stuff is because there is so much it's such a loaded book and it's just it it blew me away it was I'm literally like so many times I'm not crazy. Something would happen and I'd be like sitting on my doorstep and I'd just be like, I'm not crazy. I took a picture of me. It's on my Instagram holding a rose sitting on, on the sidewalk because I'll sit in my door. I was just sitting there and a man came out of nowhere and goes, here's a rose for you and kept walking. And I was like, all right. I looked down the street. I went, I'm not crazy. Like, you can't make it up. That was the universe telling you you're not crazy. They just handed you another rose. I know. I know. It's so cool. Okay. So we've talked about a lot today and I'm excited about everything that we went over for our listeners to listen to. And hopefully they'll be able to dive into the book and maybe see new projects coming up soon. We shall see. But before we log out today, I would love for you to answer the question I ask all of our our, uh, guests here on Read It With Whiskey is what is your favorite whiskey? My favorite whiskey is Maker's Mark. All right. Do you drink it on the rocks? Neat. Do you do mixed drinks? I drink it on the rocks. I used to be a bartender, oddly enough, back in the day. Um, and it was always the one that was at the top, top. I could never reach it. <laughs> and because I couldn't reach it, I was like, that's the one I'm always going to drink. Yep. <laughs> how it became my, my whiskey of choice. I love it. I love it. All right. Well, Natalie, will you please tell our listeners where they can find you, where they can find your books and learn more about you? So you can find me on Instagram, um, obviously, and and send me a C and E and N, a Z and an I. You can find my books anywhere online worldwide. Um, The Aftermath of Unrest and Out of Chaos are both available. Uh, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Wherever you are, if you Google it, um, you can check it out on my website. Also on the website, I have some photo evidence. <laughs> oh, yay. <laughs> yeah, there's some pictures I included um, of, of some of the things that I had come across too. Um, so yeah, you can find it anywhere. And, and if you ever want to message me, talk to me, you know, shoot me a DM. I love meeting people, talking to people. Um, or if you just want a new friend. Awesome. Yeah. 
I love it. And I will make sure to put all of those links in the episode description so they can just click if they can't spell it. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for being on the show. I had so much fun. Me too. I'm so excited. I'm happy to be here. Were you able to figure out where we lost contact? (laughs) It was so funny when me and Natalie lost the broadcast on Zoom and I figured out that it was because we actually had three people, according to Zoom, there were three people on the video. So it was me and Natalie, but her headphones didn't work on her computer. And so the third screen, if you are a viewer on Patreon, you'll be able to see the video content that there was a third screen in the first part of the video. That's because her audio was coming through one video and her video was coming through another. And because I don't have the premiere version of Zoom, after 40 minutes, it cuts you off. So I had not realized that and we got cut off. Thankfully, everything was saved and we were able to continue on as you could hear in the episode. But that's just a little behind the scenes, um, special moments when when Laura messes up. (laughs) It happens more often than not. I'm not even going to try to deny it. All right, so next week, you guys, we have a really fun story. We have Scott Dixon on the podcast. So Scott Dixon is a very new author. He has his first book, Kid Vega and the Sorcerer of Molly. And this is a young adult fantasy sci-fi book. And let me tell you, I got hooked into it. (laughs) And I'm a sucker for young adult books. I love young adult books, fiction books, sci-fi. And I'm really excited to have him on the podcast next week. So keep your eye out for Scott's episode on May 4th. May the 4th be with you, you guys. I will see you then. (music)